Welcome to episode number 30 of the Power 5 podcast. We didn't plan to do a three-part series on college football, but after last week's episode, we decided to talk a little college football one more time. We've talked stadiums, teams, and on this week's episode, we talk about our favorite college football coaches. As always, we've got Colin, Brent, and Christian on the panel. Fellas, it feels like it's been a while. How are you guys doing? What's up, K-Love? Not too much, man. Just got back from Disney World. That was a good time. Good vacation. Good vacation. Not too hot. I mean, it's hot, but, you know, living in the South. It, did you stay like masked up? Does. Yeah, did you have to wear your mask the whole time? Once you go inside a building, they, they did that. But um, I would say that you had, I don't know, 75, 80% compliance. So did, did you, you see Goofy? Oh yeah, of course I saw Goofy. Okay, definitely. Right. I saw the Fab Five. I I One saw some. Favorites. I saw some deep cuts. I saw Goofy's son Max. Y'all know. Y'all oh know yeah, what of course. About? What about Pete? Maximus. Dude, what about Pete, the fat, no, he's the fat no, cousin, right? Yeah. I I didn't see Pete. <laughs> he is he is in a new ride. I didn't see Pete, but I saw Genie. You don't see Genie out walking around, you know. If we were doing top five Disney movies, a Goofy movie would be in my top five for sure. That's a classic. Classic. Gorsh, Mickey. Five father, (laughs) did y'all just leave your luggage down there? I'm sure you're back like next week or something, isn't it? Like eight more times Uh, this year. We got like four weeks, man, four weeks. Labor Day weekend, yeah, that'd be a good time. Stored your luggage? No, we brought it back. Got to wash the clothes. (laughs) Listen, shout out to Orlando, one of our newest listeners, a buddy of mine, Mr. Tom Luker. Just want to give a shout out. He's listening down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, definitely want to just uh, rock the Power 5 pod down in the, uh, the beautiful state of Florida, guys. I love it, Tom. Appreciate you listening. So I want to get right to it. I've got a question that I want to talk to you all about. Last night, watching the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Man, it was impossible not to listen to Peyton Manning and not think, wow, like this is a guy that should be a commissioner of the league or of college football or of some level of leadership. I mean, the conviction that he speaks with about what the game of football means uh, at at really both the college and professional level and what I think is going to be needed to fight for the sport over the next 5, 10, 15 years. Did you guys happen to catch his speech? I caught them booing Tom Brady, yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> it, it kind of brings me to the point of what are some other names out there, more from a player's perspective or coach's perspective, that need to be in some of these leadership roles? I mean, I personally think with expansion that we are going to have a commissioner of college football sooner rather than later who are some names that you guys think could maybe fill that role? Uh, Matt Leiner, Brady Quinn, you name it. <laughs> I mean, Peyton, Peyton would be 1A on that list. I mean, he's, he's, he definitely indicated he's not close to being done with football, so I'm excited to see what's next for him. I hope he stays in, in and around college. I didn't see the speech. I saw, you know, a minute and a half clips probably, but – it got me fired up the little bit that I I did see it. As far as, you know, like Brand said, he's definitely at the top of the list. He's so respected in the league, in in athletics in general. He would definitely have the the clout, maybe that's the word I'm looking for, to 
be able to have some honest takes and honest opinions about some some components of of athletics and, and leadership. So I, I like his name in there. As far as somebody else, man, nobody comes to mind. Troy Aikman, maybe. He's got some hot takes on some things, but I don't know, man. I got to think on that a little bit. Give, give Reggie Bush his Heisman back and, and he can be involved in some way. Man, I, I just – I encourage everybody to go check it out if you haven't. And, and, and Peyton did a great job, like, not really diving into specifics, but it was a call to action. Like, the game – is is under attack in in certain ways and it is up to us to not let that happen and you know he he talked about you know just the benefits from from a kid all the way to adults playing football and what it means you know to folks and I, I wasn't somebody that played football so you know I, I can't necessarily relate to it maybe as you can Kevin but you know from other sports we know just the lessons that come with it and you know we hear people all the time speak out about you know how foundational and fundamental those early years, especially playing football can be from a development standpoint. I just love the conviction, man, that he spoke with. How about Tony Dungy? That would be a great, great candidate. Yeah. 100%. You know what you need? People aren't going to like this unless you're a Gamecock fan. So nobody that listens to this, but take somebody like a Marcus Lattimore who had all the talent in the world has a freak injury doesn't get to go to the next level, but what he's still been able to do as a coach, like you almost need some players with stories too. And maybe that's a different level, but. No, I agree. You've got to have some, some background. I feel like to really be able to speak up and again, have that clout, that authority to, to demand people listening to you in, in, in some regard. No, I like I'm Tebow that. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's been. Te- I mean, well, I mean, he's got something. I mean, he's still working on careers in the NFL. And well, he's he's stuff, passionate but. about athletics. He's, he is. He's he's got a platform. He's ethical. You know, he's a lot a big of fan a lot, of the pod lot, too. A lot of people can't stand the guy, but he. But you got to respect him. Yeah, I don't know. When I do hear Tim Tebow speak, though, he's kind of like Joe Osteen, kind of televangelist. A little bit. A little bit. It, <laughs> But he's hot, right? I mean, just those massive biceps, bro. I said it, yeah. Hey, have you bought some of his new jewelry? He's got a jewelry line. Are you kidding me? No. Not oh, yet, God. but I will later. Yeah, he does. He does. Is he it a choker? Wife. I don't know. I, <laughs> Luca shells? There was a there was an ad on Twitter. I checked it out for like five seconds and moved on. So right beside <laughs> Spencer Pratt's crystals. <laughs> Hey, I'm a, I'm a fan. I paid $9,000 for that crystal. Uh, only Colin and, and Christian know about that. True. That. You, know, you know, Pratt daddy, check it out. Hey, listen, we're talking coaches tonight. Tell me guys, like what is a, what do you think about when you think of, of a coach, man? Let's start with like a high school coach. Y'all, y'all think about some khaki some pants. <laughs> Some of the high school coaches that, that used to be in your building, like what they were like, just gruffy and loud. They're terrible teachers, right? Listen, oh, smelled like donuts and cigarettes. <laughs> Coach Eric Taylor is is the the just stereotypical persona and personality and attire of a high school coach. It doesn't matter the sport, really. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree, man. Just got that snarl look on his face. Yes. Totally. Yes. Better that he's done bus duty that morning. Oh my <laughs> gosh, man. Just it's but he was hot. like a smooth cat though. Like, like he just, was a cool guy. Just angry at the sun, you know, just crazy. 
feel like every coach at Easley High School looked like Alf, like they were really old and raggedy and, ah, you know, just like not like Eric Taylor. Like Eric Taylor seemed like a cool dad. And these guys seemed like mean grandpas who wanted to see you sweat. Uh, Maybe that was just the early 2000s. Hey, I feel like I need to share a, share a story with you. I don't know if you've heard this before, but I was an equipment manager for Clemson football starting in, in 2000. So Tommy Bowden was the head coach then. And, you know, with an equipment manager, you work with a coach. And so I worked with Coach Thylen Smith on the defensive line my freshman year. But uh, for some reason or another, I was with Reggie Herring one day, linebackers coach, current linebackers coach for the Denver Broncos. Okay, he's been there for seven years, used to be linebacker, defense coordinator at Clemson back in 2000. Anyways, we were inside. It was a rainy, just awful practice. And I was on the defense and – or excuse me, I was working with the defense and I was spotting the ball for the scout offense. Okay. And so what you had to do is you had to get the ball from the running back or the quarterback or the receiver from the previous play. You had to spot the ball on the correct hash. Okay. The left hash or the right hash or in the middle of the field. And you had to get another ball to the quarterback. Okay. So you had three balls that you had to uh, essentially get and make sure that they were in the right person's hands. Okay. Well, the grad assistant at that time, former TR football coach, Will Young, current head football coach at Greer high school, Will Young was the grad assistant. Okay. So me and me and coach Young, we, we worked together. He would always tell me left hash, right hash ball in the middle, whatever. Okay. So coach Young, Colin Brandt, it was, he head football coach when y'all were there. He was yes, my freshman right. year and so all right. So did you say the, William Hung? No, all William. The, I'm all the all the T all the TR people uh know how Coach Young talks. He's like right, right hash, left hash, you know. So I would listen to him and and go put the ball wherever it was supposed to be spotted. And anyways, long story short, the ball was placed on the wrong hash. Well, Coach Young just threw me under the bus. You know, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It's supposed to be on the right hash. Coach Herring gets in my face. Okay, you got roughly. 120 players on a football field. We're inside, okay? Coach Herring loses it on me. I'm talking about absolutely goes crazy. Here I am, 18-year-old freshman at Clemson University. He tells me to get them chopping, okay? I'm talking about running in place, blowing the whistle, hitting it in front of everybody, the entire team for putting the ball on the wrong hash. And I was thinking, you know, what in the world are we doing here? But you get them chopping, you know, coach Aaron's in your face, dog cussing you about getting them chopping. So that's exactly what I did. So that's like the old school coach that I'm thinking about. We're talking about football coaches. That's the old school mentality. I don't necessarily, I don't know. That guy probably exists somewhere, coach Saban, but um, you were just a wee little boy back when you were 18, oh, right? Man, just a tiny man. little nugget. Huffing and puffing. <laughs> soft Did you guys 290s. do six inches? Like where you lift your uh, yeah. feet up and all that? And, and not the managers, but, you know, playing BYU. Yeah, that, that was rough back in the day. I can't let this moment pass without a quick Will Young story. So for those of you who don't know, he was on the cover of the 1995 Clemson, Georgia program. That happened to be a throwback game where Clemson uh, wore some throwback uniforms, blue helmet, solid orange stripe up the middle, and I think even over the side. Well, I happened to have that program. Decided to take it to class one day. I think I had Coach Young's class. 
And it's not a very flattering picture of Coach Young. Uh, instant mildness when I pulled that thing out of my book bag. I encourage you all to Google that for all our listeners and check it out. But I'm, I'm showing the guys on the podcast now. But, man, that was a funny day to be in Coach Young's class. Wow. Did you get an autograph? I think I did. Hey, if you were in Coach Young's class for 180 days, how many movies did you see in Coach Young's class? I think about 182. <laughs> I had his class as well. I, I used to be his kind of errand guy. Like if he needed something done, I, he would ask me to go do it. And every time he got mad at me, he would say, how the matter, Brian? How the matter? It's perfect. I love Coach Young. He was the greatest. Hey, so when I was coaching high school football and he was at he was at Greer by this point in time, um, I don't know. Greer had just smacked us, you know, something like 59 to 13, just embarrassing, you know, just absolutely blasted us. And we were trading film. This was before the days of huddle when you would just trade through huddle. Uh, software program and so it would be like old school you know you just burn your dvds and trade and i'll never forget it was since he lived in tr even though he was coaching in greer he just kind of hung out in the coach's office he went <laughs> he went to mcdonald's and brought brought our entire coaching staff a bunch of hamburgers and 99 cent mcchickens just to ease the pain a little bit but that was, that was hilarious he just beat us by five touchdowns and he's just hanging out in the coach's office for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Nothing eases the pain like a 99-cent McChick. Oh, come on, son. little shredded lettuce mayo. <laughs> hey, why not? Wash it down with a nice cold cooked product because they don't have Pepsi there. But, That's you know, right. we can pretend. We can yeah. pretend. Oh man, I love it. Hey, it, one one coach that's not going to get brought up on my list tonight due to my criteria that I absolutely love and I feel like I need to to well actually two coaches that I need to to bring up that again are not going to be on my list tonight based on my criteria but I uh, wanted to to give him a little shout out first of all Bobby Bowden rest in peace man a legend possibly the goat arguably one of the greatest of all time just a a solid human being a solid man you know when he brought the Seminoles into town into Clemson or when you were watching them on TV they just it just absolutely garnered all the respect in the world. There was something intimidating about seeing that spear on the side of the gold helmet, seeing the tomahawk chop. Colin, I know you hate the Knowles. I know you do. But, man, they were, they were, they were something special when he was coaching. There's no doubt about that, man. And it, it's crazy to think about the su sustained success that he had. I mean, 14 years, top five AP poll finishes. I mean, that is just ridiculous probably will never be replicated again, to be honest. Well, yeah, think about it too. You know, someone was talking about it today. Like if Bobby Bowden didn't go to Florida state, like what would have happened to the ACC? Like, I mean, he kind of paved the way for success. And then even, you know, with, with Clemson coming up behind him, I mean, just think about that. Like, I don't know. It's just hard to imagine it without it. So, I mean, special guy, great man of God, you know, obviously you're seeing that by how his character is brought up today at 91 years old. So just a huge, you know, shout out, T's and P's to the Bowden fam. I did see that uh, Coach Tommy Bowden will be one of the speakers Saturday at the uh, the funeral service. So kind of looking forward to uh, seeing what he's got to say about some of those Bowden Bowl days maybe. But, yeah, Christian, you brought up a great point. I mean, just his character in general and <clears throat> so many people – speaking on his behalf and, and telling stories, 
Which, you know, when somebody passes away, nobody ever just starts telling all the negative stuff associated with him. But I don't know. I feel like Bobby Bowden, you, you see what you get or you get what you see. Just authentic comes to mind when you when you see him and just that joking personality. But at the same time that he's for an old man, had a little bit of swag like he knew he was just going to absolutely smash your team when when he stepped on the field. I saw a tweet last night. I can't remember who sent it. One of the national folks said, you know, a lot of times when, you know, famous people die, they're almost bigger in death than they were in life. Yeah. But that, that was not the case for Bobby, just the impact that he had and, and just, you know, his, his uh, character, just the way, how profound it was in life certainly couldn't be topped in death. A second coach that I wanted to bring up that's not going to be on my list tonight, and just just we don't have to talk about him very much, but somebody that, golly, for him to be the head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks at one point in time, I don't know, man. I got a I got an affection for the Darth Visor, Steve Spurrier. I love him. I, I think mean, he's a he great coach. So good. I loved him at Florida, and he he had Clemson's number for a while. But man, I love I love the guy. I tweeted the other day, man. He's he's got to be Corso's replacement on game day. Like if that be. doesn't happen, somebody failed miserably. Yes. <laughs> I mean, who's not tuning in to watch that? Man, he's he's a walking sound clip. I mean, some of the guys in my top five tonight that I'll talk about kind of have a little bit of the Spurrier vibe and edge to him. Uh, but he's he's one of one, man. Yep. Yep. I agree. I love the love the guy for sure. Spurs but, up. Hey, before we get on to our rankings, just real quick, we got a little bit of today in history. And, you know, it it goes without saying that for some reason, these things just continue to come full circle with the pod. So, first of all, today, T's and P's would have been Whitney Houston's 58th birthday. How about that? Wow. Colin. (laughs) You know, you, you probably this hits closer to home for you with your love, the bodyguard and Kevin Costner and that soundtrack. Can you hit us with a little I will always love you? I'm I'm not gonna go there tonight, but it's a good car concert song for sure. <laughs> we'll ask hey, your wife about that. August 9th, nineteen thirty-six, Jesse Owens became the first track and field American track and field athlete to win four gold medals. So just coming off the heels of America doing its doing its thing and just dominating the world in sports. Uh, that's a that's a little relevant fact there. How about this? August 9th, 1986, on the cover of TV Guide, probably one of Christian's all-time favorite shows, Growing Pains, is on the cover. Hey, show me that smile again. Don't waste another minute on your crown. Dude, Alan Thick. Yeah, I was two months old at the time, and I was loving that show. I mean, golly. Hey, bringing Disney back. Disneyland's Haunted Mansion is open. A lot of people say that's the best ride that that is in Disneyland and or Disney World. I don't know. Well, well that's that's debatable. Did but, you ride it? Uh, this trip, I actually did not. I did not. No, no, it was he's, got eight, he's got 18 other chances before the New Year. So. <laughs> uh, that's right. You had that lifetime pass? One of the all-time great movies and i remember in my childhood i don't know if you guys watched it john candy rest in peace t's and peas august 9th yes. 1985 summer rental appears in theaters 36 years ago did you guys see that never seen it 
Oh my god! Big John Candy guy. I vaguely remember that. I mean, I, you know, Uncle Buck. I mean, so many great John Candy flicks. Now I'm gonna have to go back and see if I did watch that or not. You got to. He takes his family right. to the beach, and they check into the wrong condo, and then one thing leads to another, and it's a it's a disaster. It's a mess. He ends up beating the rich guys and in, in some sailing, some kind of yacht competition. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. What were you in like middle school when that came out? <laughs> That's right. Three years old. Uh, I was a prodigy. Hey, same day, August 9th, 36 years ago, 1985, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> that I saw. <laughs> I loved Pee Wee Herman. I mean, don't think of me any differently, uh, but I actually have a vintage. I could pull it out of the closet. Vintage Pee Wee Herman talking doll that you can pull the string. And he's like, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> I could. I'm going to sell that bad boy for like a bill. Oh gosh. Hey, and last but not least, Colin and Brant's one of the, one of their favorite bands, the Grateful Dead. Jerry Garcia dies August 9th, 1995 at the ripe old age of 53. RIP. Yep. One of the greatest I've heard of Cherry's Garcia, but who's Jerry Garcia? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Been there, got the t-shirt. Um, I, I feel confident Dilworth will send you a text about that. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready to rank? Let's do it. Number five. All right, guys, we're talking about our top coaches in college football. So just give you my criteria right now. These are top five of my list. Current coaches, really just people that I have an affinity for. So I enjoy watching them either coach or I respect what they've done, whether they're, whether they're a top coach or not. And I think for everybody, we go ahead and put the asterisk out there. Dabo Sweeney is not allowed on anyone's list tonight. I guess I'll go ahead and just say that. If he is, I apologize. But I wanted to really keep it away from home. So for my list, uh, I'm going to start with number five, who does have some Florida State ties, since we were talking about Bobby Bowden earlier. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator for a few years. This guy is the second winningest coach for Kentucky Wildcat football, right beneath Mr. Paul Bear Bryant, and that is Mark Stoops. Uh, maybe a random pick, um, but I got to shout out my buddy Alan Ducker on this Kentucky grad. He feels like Kentucky football is about to surpass Kentucky basketball as the most popular sport. He's the only Kentucky coach that won five bowl games or went to five bowl games in a year. So second winningest coach at Kentucky. He's only been there since 2013 after he spent a few years at Florida State. So very interesting. You know, he's, you know, not some kind of flashy head coach, but I'm a fan of the Stoops family. And I just wanted to show this guy some love. So gonna gonna shout out to the Kentucky Wildcats this year, number five, Mr. Mark Stoops. I hate that pick, Christian. <laughs> whatever. Less. That's fair. It's a personal pick. Can you hit me with the order again? Yeah, you're second. <laughs> All right. Read the notes. You're up. All right. All right, so I uh, just want to hit with my criteria first. I went with only active coaches that may, may be kind of self-explanatory, but only active coaches. And I kind of looked at it from a perspective of would I want to be involved with this program, whether it was playing for or some sort of role on staff, you know. I mean, just somebody that makes you want to be around the program. So number five for me, I'm going with Neil Brown from West Virginia. 41 years old, you know, fairly young, uh, went to West Virginia from Troy. And, and I don't know a ton about Will Brown, but I remember when he left Troy, 
just sticking around doing a um, an announcement at Troy that he was leaving, man. I just got a lot of respect for him. I think he's one of the good dudes in the sport. Hope to see him succeed at West Virginia. That's yeah, all. I like that pick. I feel like both of them are off the off the grid. Take me home, country roads. Am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> I like it. Um, so my criteria, I, I really, I have got, I've got different reasons for each coach on this list, but it's all current head coaches. Um, you know, either I respect the the guy, or uh, it's it's something that's more of a, you know, just a guy that everybody likes and. So I've got different reasons for everybody. The first guy on my list, number five, is Luke Fickle from uh, Cincinnati. Just a, a respect. He's no spring chicken. He's 47 years old. Uh, respect the fact that he was an assistant from 2002 to 2016. That's just a long grind. And then later in his life uh, becomes head coach at Cincinnati. Uh, comes out of the gate his very first year at Cincinnati and goes four and eight. And then since that 2017 season, all he's done is he's gone 11 and two, 11 and three, nine and one uh, with an appearance in the Peach Bowl last year. And just a guy that, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. I've seen some of his press coverage. Just a guy you're kind of drawn to. Um, so number five, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati Bearcats. That's a good pick. That might be the only guy on the Ohio State tree that I would actually like root for. Yeah. All right, so my criteria is just simply, do I have a favorable uh, opinion about them when I see them in a press conference? Do I like the way they coach? It, it has nothing necessarily to do with their past or their history or where they've been or their, you know, their lineage. It's just, you know, do I, do I tend to gravitate toward that particular person? Okay, so coming in at number five is Mr. Mike Ray Gundy at Oklahoma State. The mullet speaks for itself. I mean, the first impression I ever had of Gundy was, you know, I'm 40, I'm a man, whatever that whole presser was, uh, whatever that was uh, about, man. I just kind of got sucked into him at that point in time, and I started paying attention to that mullet. But I think he's in year 16 at Okie State, and, man, that's impressive right there, just what a run that he's had. I mean, he's not necessarily achieved – you know, a, a crazy amount of success. I mean, he's a successful coach, but they haven't necessarily made a run. But, yeah, coming in at number five for me is Mike Gundy. And, by the way, I feel like – no offense here, Christian, I know that's a pet peeve of yours, but if you got the middle name Ray, I mean, you got to have a – Billy mullet. Ray Gundy. Yeah, you got you to gotta have a mullet. Oh, dude, that's a sweet head of lettuce, man. I mean, that guy should be on everyone's list just for that freaking cabbage patch that he's got up there. Number four. All right, guys, coming at number four, you know, if we just want to do top five heads of lettuce of college football, we could have done that best haircuts. Uh, but I'm going to go with a guy who had some hair when he came to this school, but when he decided to just shave it all bald, he had this new persona. And this is Mr. Row the Boat himself, Mr. PJ Fleck, who took his shtick from Western Michigan over to Minnesota and has had success, you know, in his first few years there. And, and I honestly, I hope he continues to, I love his passion. I think some people might think of him as kind of gimmicky, um, but I like a guy like that. he feels like some kind of like motivational guy. If you don't remember, like go look at Google PJ Fleck hair, he was losing it. And then he decided to shave it bald. And I feel like once he did that, he got this newfound energy to just be this like 
little pump up, hype them up guy. I'm a fan of that. So coming at number four for me, uh, Mr. Minnesota himself, Mr. PJ Fleck. I respect somebody that'll just go ahead and shave it off when they're losing it, man. Don't hang on too long. They're, they just embrace it. Oh yeah, I might, I might do that on the next one, guys. You might shave oh, yeah. it off. Yeah, I feel like you got to. Coming that. soon. <laughs> nice pick, CG. Coming in at number four for me, man. This is the outlier of the group for me. A solid twenty-something years older than the other oldest candidate on my list, even. 30-something years older than my number one guy. Just giving a little teaser there. Going with Mac Brown. Uh, just love the, the rejuvenation at North Carolina. I just think, you know, he, he represents a bit of the old school, but I love how he's kind of embracing some of the new stuff. I mean, it's a little gimmicky, but, you know, he's rocking the Jordans, doing the locker room dances, and I think he's having a good time. You know, I think he's making it fun. Obviously, it's a little weird being in the ACC and going up against Clemson, so I can't perform too much. But I do like to to see them succeed. Big Mac Brown got number four. Colin, love the pick. You know, it may not be that far off the grid though, because I might have to change my list a little bit. Uh, the sweet grandpa of the ACC. I love that pick. You know, I gotta admit, he's doing so much better than I thought. As you know, earlier, I mean, he's bringing in some top athletes. They're they're an interesting team. Yeah, I agree with that. I remember when when he made that jump over to North Carolina coming I, I was he announcing? Was he on? He was like yeah, the he was afternoon. Yeah, I remember. And I just right remember before bedtime. Yes. And I just thought, man, I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily know that he's got the the energy or the fire to to go out there and be successful, but props to him, man. He has. He's he surpassed my expectations as well, Brent. All right, so coming into number four for me, I would be surprised if this guy's on anybody else's list. Um, he he is, in my view, an underrated head coach, and all he's done is win since he's been here. He's been at the same program for a long while. He took over for Urban Meyer. This is number four for me, Kyle Whittingham of Utah. The guy's 134-66 and 66 and 11-3 and three in bowl games as a head coach. Um, just a, a guy that when you watch his press conference, he's just a, you know, kind of a guy that you respect, a guy that you can just tell runs a good program that his players have a lot of respect and admiration for. I feel like nationally he doesn't get uh, anywhere near the the credit that he deserves as one of the top head coaches in college football. Uh, so coming at number four, Kyle Whittingham, Utah. Like that pick. Good pick. Yeah, I love that pick too, man. I'm kind of upset that I missed it, that I completely forgot about Kyle Whittingham, but I definitely like him as well. Solid, solid pick. Okay, coming in at number four for me, I'm staying in the Pac-12, going with my man David Shaw. I've liked David Shaw out at Stanford for a long time. He's brought home three Pac-12 championships. Now, the last one was back in 2015. Stanford's kind of struggled here here recently and honestly I think they'll probably struggle again this year I don't know they just have a brand of football that hasn't quite evolved with with the rest of the country in my opinion but definitely like David Shaw I love how Stanford man graduates and and focuses on you know life beyond football essentially and he's just a high character guy I love watching his speeches to his players his whether it be in the locker room whether it be in just team meetings but he's got a lot of wisdom 
um, as an older coach. And uh, so coming at number four is David Shaw out at Stanford. Love that pick. He w- he was my number six. Didn't make the cut, but it was right there. There we go. Solid pick. Also, nice dome. Just a nice, shiny, clear dome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number three. Well, coming at number three for me, this guy hasn't spent a lot of time in college, but everybody knows him for his classic rant uh, when he was in the NFL. And, you know, what did he say? You play to win the game. I think this was him, but I could be wrong. Um, But this guy for me coming at number three is Coach Herm Edwards at Arizona State. He might be in a little bit of hot water, but I just have always respected the guy. I actually liked him. It's kind of as a commentator, but I'm a Pac-12 guy. You guys know that. I'm a Southern Cal, like, you know, whatever, late-night fan. So, like, watch a ton of their games. Pretty fun to watch. Uh, I just like this guy even outside of coaching, so just had to add him to the list out of respect. I mean, he's uh, just a a class act. You know, really wish him all the best. Hope he uh, doesn't get canned or else my list has an asterisk beside it. Herm Edwards, number three. What's the hot water? We'll see how much longer he's employed. (laughs) The I hot water is there were some potential allegations of recruiting tampering or something. I think he uh, was uh, – I don't think he – visits through COVID. Yeah, hosting COVID visits. I love um, the guy. You play to win the game. Yeah, that's I like him. his passion that's too. Him. And, Christian, I feel like we've been on this Pac-12 soapbox for quite some time now. But Arizona State, going back before Herm Edwards, even Todd Graham and whoever coached before Todd Graham, I don't know. There's something about – Sun Devil Stadium, man. That place just looks like yes. it gets pretty ripe in the evenings. And, man, they got some fresh unis. I like everything well, about uh, that. Yeah. I, I mean, other than Central Florida and the University of Phoenix, I think they allow anybody into that college. So, <laughs> I guess shout so. out to AACU. Tempe. <laughs> Coming in at number three for me is a repeat. Sticking with Christian on this one. Got P.J. Fleck on the list. Row the boat, baby. Yeah, yeah. Just seems like he would be a really good guy, good balance, you know, of, of discipline and players coach. Um, just a really passionate guy. So, P.J. Fleck at number three. All right, coming in number three for me, I'm, I'm pretty sure this guy will be back. Kevin and I had high praise for this program on our last episode. This is Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. I'm just, you know, I, I have to say, outside of Clemson, Iowa State might be my favorite team to watch right now. I love Matt Campbell. I, I think he's just a solid guy. He he just, you know, he's you know fairly young, age forty one. Uh, just it has an interesting backstory and uh, like you know F, F, FCA Coach of the Year. Just a good, solid dude. Has really turned that program into to a perennial kind of powerhouse. Uh, 70 and 43 overall uh, as a head coach, but I think his stock is going up. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, was a really big-time head coach uh, at a big program in the next three to five years. Uh, So coming in at number three, Matt Campbell. Solid pick. Yeah, excellent pick. Excellent coach. Really turned Iowa State into, you know, just a respectable power year in, year out. All right, coming in at number three, this guy has made – three people's list now we've got pj fleck out of minnesota the golden gophers you know i became a pj fleck fan i guess it was the western michigan run when they went undefeated i mean i I forget where they finished ranked i don't know top 15 something like that but then he went to minnesota and espn did a little docuseries did you guys see that 
I don't know if I did. It was like five or six episodes, and you know, it it basically covered the ins and outs of Minnesota football and the ins and outs of PJ Flex life, and man, just everything that he stands for and what he's about, and it was just very, very appealing to me. He's, I, I love that young energy that he's got. You know, you guys give me a hard time. I think he's what forty one, forty two, something like that. So extremely young college football coach uh been in it for for a while now i hope that he really gets it turned around at, at minnesota to where they can have some some good solid success that guy definitely deserves it number three pj fleck good pick i hope to see a sweep of peach number two well coming in at number two this is probably not going to be a popular pick because this guy has underachieved at his alma mater and he's very quiet, but I am going to put some money on it. I'm going to put my house on it that this guy gets it turned around. It may not be this year, but give this guy some time. This guy went 13 and 0 in 2017, winning the Peach Bowl, beating Auburn, winning a national championship with an asterisk beside it. Ladies and gentlemen, when it gets cold, there's a frost warning, Mr. Scott Frost. And I know nobody wants to believe in this guy. They want to count him out. He just hasn't had good teams. He's been rolling with the wrong QB. After going 13-0 and at UCF and getting to go back to his alma mater, he's been 4-8, and 5-7, and seven, and 3-5. and five. So nothing is trending in the right direction. But I'm going to tell you guys, you know, as my name is Christian Wilhelm Graver V, if, if he doesn't turn this thing around and win the Big Ten in the next five years, I'm going to quit the pod. Number two, Scott Frost. Scott, Buddy. Scott, win the Big Ten. Win it. Buddy, you're not going to have to wait five years. Homeboy's going to be looking for a job soon. I agree. Well, then I guess I'm safe. I agree. Yeah, he'll be – is he an awesome – It's a personal player? preference pick. If you guys were not play, rooting for UCF in 2017, you don't even remember how beautiful his career was. He'll be the offensive coordinator at Arizona State when the whole staff gets wiped up. <laughs> hey, I'll allow it. All right, number two for me, I'm going to take some heat for this one, uh, whether here or from our followers. 46 years old, but has been around the block. I think he is finally at the right spot at the right time, the right focus, the right level of maturity. Lane Kiffin, baby, on the yeah. lane. lane. Um, the, the thing about it, I like how engaging he is, you know, on Twitter. He embraces that. But he just, to me, man, just seems like the ultimate football junkie. Like, he's that guy that's sitting there banging out 24 straight hours of NCAA football on a PlayStation or Xbox or something or whatever it is. Like, he just seems like an absolute football junkie. And that's what that's what he revolves around. Uh, so the lane train at number two. Colin, did you hear his recent 30-pound weight loss? I did. And I how did. he described himself at the end of 2020 like an anaconda that swallowed a deer and the deer got stuck in its neck, <laughs> which is uh, how I feel right now. So it's motivational <laughs> for all of us. I am uh, not, not surprised at all by that pick. I'm I was I was pretty quite sure you'd have him on your top Matt five. Corral for Heisman. I agree that he seems like just that 24-hour football junkie. He reminds me of the high school coach. Okay. You guys didn't coach high school football, but these guys exist, okay? So 
He reminds me of the head coach that after practice, after a two, two and a half hour practice, you come in, you do a load of laundry, you come back to the coach's office, you're just hanging out in there. And let's say you got eight to 10 coaches in the coach's office. And most of them, when I say most, eight out of 10 of them are ready to leave, right? They're ready to get home. They're ready to go eat supper, see their family or whatever. And you're basically just waiting for the first one to have the courage to walk out of the coach's office. Okay. He looks like he's the guy that when the first guy makes that move, he just like looks at him like, are you kidding me? Like, we're in this coach's office. Yes, I know you've been here for four to five hours. Yes, I know you want to get home, but it doesn't matter. You need to stay in this coach's office, and we just need to continue to talk football over and over. I completely agree with that, Colin, but love the pick. Love it. Well, look, I'm going to keep it in Mississippi for my number two pick. It's the most interesting man in college football. Um, it, it is the creator of the air raid offense. He's a mastermind on the offensive side of the ball. Every single time you listen to a press conference, you leave very confused and wondering what the heck he just said. It's Mike Leach. I just, I just love the guy. I love every, I mean, you, if he has a press conference, you have to watch. Um, he, you know, he, he had a rough year last year at Mississippi State. I, it's going to be tough to see how he has a whole lot of success there, given the competition. But Mike Leach is just a guy that's good for college football, and I hope he coaches for a long time. Number two. I like it. Do you remember last year they beat LSU? And at the time, nobody oh, knew yeah. that LSU was going to be trash last year. <laughs> yeah. They started – what they – Something about the pirate. They put out. They, you know, pretty much slammed social media pretty hard. And then did they win another ball game after that? They went four and seven last year. Not a great yeah. year. Yeah, there's a lot cool. of defections last year uh, in that program. Yes. Yeah. Hey, weed them out early. That's that's his philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> put them in a shed. I love that pick, though. I, I do love some Mike Leach. He didn't make my list. Golly, Brant, you've had a strong list. I'm, I'm upset that Kyle Whittingham couldn't fit in. Man, you brought up Matt Campbell. He's not going to fit in. Listen, did you, not, did you guys remember the story of Mike Leach where he put that the kid in a shed at Texas Tech? It was an announcer from ESPN. Oh, yeah, what was that? And he yeah. literally put him in a shed because he was like not doing well at practice and like locked him in a shed. Craig James, Craig James, Boy, who yeah. I hate with the passion. Yeah, SMU. I would have locked him in a shed a, too. He's such an interesting guy, man. Like you, you ask him a football question at a press conference, he's going to tell you about a Japanese samurai sword. I mean, he's <laughs> just right. like you, just That's really that he got signed by Randy Jackson. That's right. Yes, I you know he was on Walt's show. Uh, he comes on, I think, every year. Walked up Tula, Road Rage, 37. All right, right Brant, we're going to do a little role play here. I'm going to be a media member, and you be Mike Leach, okay? Got it. Let's do All right, it. you ready? Here we go. All right, Coach Leach, great game out there. You know, defense played tough. Came up with a late interception to seal the game and, and beat Vanderbilt. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, when I think about a good uh, defensive effort, I think about – just the Navy pilots, Navy pilots, you know, how they go about their business and how they, how they raid the sky and the sea. And I don't know. He, I just figured it'd be very off. Totally. Yeah. The Navy pilot, you know, he's, he's going to then 
yeah start talking about the would, difference the different steering wheels inside the he pilot, would segue you know. to some kind of active volcano after That's that right. I mean, and there's no doubt about we it. might get like brass door handles versus nickel yes. door handles yes you can I, never see his wedding advice video enough times yes if anybody hasn't seen it stop what you're doing youtube mike leach wedding advice i need to do that i don't think I've yes seen we'll tweet it out absolutely all right coming in at number two for me we've got collins least favorite coach possibly we got ed orgeron oh my god listen there's just something motivate i mean that guy motivates me i love the energy and fire give us one of his speeches i respond to that (laughs) i tell you what we ain't playing notre dame this year but uh you know brian kelly wants to come down to baton rouge and try to come down there with the uh, Notre Dame with them silver, uh, excuse me, them gold helmets. The Tigers going to be ready. You know, he he played that soft ACC schedule last year, and uh, he don't know what's what that was what the Tiger baits going to get him down there in Baton Rouge. Uh, go Tigers! <laughs> what's your favorite dessert, Coach Ed? Oh, you know, I like a all American Sunday vanilla ice cream and <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> what about a beignet? <laughs> work too i like anything kind of anything that resembles a donut i'm i'm all about that go tigers, go tigers. i'm dying over here that's three weeks in a row and i love it yeah <laughs> you know the first one was the best but whatever yes. well, that's yes. what i got but yeah man he just you know i feel like you got a little bit of a raw deal out in southern california and um man i'm glad he got another shot and he's he's making the most of it now i don't know what in the world the allegations are i don't really follow LSU that closely but you know I'd go play for the guy he's 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 fiery I I enjoy it number two good dude number one well guys it's it's really going to be hard to top this list of uh misfit toys and rejects that I have in my top five (laughs) you want to know guys that didn't make the list were the likes of people like Matt Campbell and Mac Brown and Luke Fickle and Jeremy Chadwell and Bronco Mendenhall so then you asked Christian, I had asked myself, then who is your number one? And then I said, Christian, Colin just stole your number one, but that's okay. Because I love that Colin had this guy on here. And to me, Lane Kiffin is a guy that, so you guys know my affinity, my love for Southern Cal. So this guy, to me, he was the perfect coach for Southern Cal. He didn't quite do what he needed to do with them, but I would bring him back today uh, over Clay Helton. So, I, I mean, Here's the thing. When you look back at the career, the places that Lane Kiffin has coached, I mean, he got Tennessee for one year. He got to be, he got the keys to Southern Cal for three years. I mean, that's a pretty prestigious job. Uh, You know, he he was the OC there for a while. He got to go to Alabama and just toss it around and have fun. Arguably the best coordinator offensively that Saban has ever had. You're going to take him or Bill O'Brien. And, you know, now what he's going to do at Ole Miss, in my opinion, I mean, he put up 60-something points against Alabama last year with Matt Corral. I like this offense. I like him as a coach. He's a fun guy. Uh, I mean, he's, he didn't have a lot of success in the NFL. But, you know, mid-40s, look for this guy to stay around a while. And uh, I just like what, he, what he's done. You know, he's, he's a cool cat. So, number one for me, Lane Kiffin, ladies and gentlemen. Love it. I also love how he messes with Saban all the time, man. Such Just his little a, playful oh, jabs. Such a tr- Saban troll. <laughs> all right, number one for me. I'm excited about this. This is my most off-the-grid pick. 
looking forward to the reactions on this one. This is the guy to me that, you know, you always hear about like, you know, the guys that, you know, are playing golf now because of Tiger. Like to me, this is the, the guy that's coaching because of Dabo and, and coaching the way Dabo coached. I'm going with Will Healy of Charlotte, 49ers, baby. Second head number coaching one. job, number one. He was I the like second, second youngest uh, D1 coach when he was hired back in like uh, 18, I guess. He's 36 years old, creator of Club Lit there in Charlotte. <laughs> uh, man, it's just the fun's in the winning, man, and, and he absolutely embraces it. Starting to put Charlotte on the map. Big Will Healy guy. He obviously is not going to be there long, I don't think. So looking forward to following his career. But Will Healy, number one. That's a good pick. I like that. I was I like a young, fiery guy. I mean, that's not that's not off the grid. That's like off the radar. (laughs) That's like off the planet here. That out of all the list, here we are, list number 30. This is our 30th ranking of something. And Colin, did you read what Kevin said we're supposed to be doing tonight? Ranking the top five coaches. I do feel like that's potentially the most (laughs) off the grid thing that we've had. You know, like. (laughs) Let me tell you this. Let me just tell you about that. Let me tell you this. Brant Brant talked about this a couple episodes ago. I sat down to make my list. He was the first name that came to mind. And I said, you know what? That's my number one. I wrote his name on a piece of paper, tucked it in my pocket, and said, Will Healy, no matter what. Draft day style, baby. I love it. Hey, you got to go with your gut, man. I love it. I love it. Nothing wrong with it. But yeah, Kevin's right, though. The most off the grid of all 30 of our list. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but I love it. It's a great pick. All right, coming in for num- at number one for me, this would be a little surprise to, to uh, anyone who knows me. This guy picks the hottest time of the day to run. He is the hardest nose, hardest to understand coach in college football. It's Coach O, it's Ed Orgeron. Just an interesting character, good for college football. He may be fired in a couple of years. He, you know, I'm sure there's some kind of investigation going on right now but just a guy that I love just a guy that I love coach O, good for college football number one it was an easy pick for me he is good for the game yeah yeah he's definitely that guy that's like you know he's the LSU guy right and everybody was knocking the pick like yeah kind of reminds me of what people were saying about Dabo in a way and so you know, he, he cashed out. I mean, he has arguably one of the best college football teams of all time. Now, I, I, would, I would also make two points. Um, likely my love for part of my take podcast as, has really contributed to my love for Ed Orgeron, but Colin's stance against Coach O <laughs> has made me, for better or for worse, dig my heels in and go hard in the I love Coach O uh, bandwagon. I'd, so I would say Colin definitely contributes to this number one pick. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. There are few people that are more suited to coach where they're coaching than Coach O, which is why he didn't work at Southern Cal. I mean, come on now. I mean, he's a Cajun in California. It just doesn't right. work. Yeah. Um, but I've been he, to California dreaming. I've never had the gumbo. He's a bomb. 
Bomb. I love it. Bomb. I love it. Number one. It looks good in those khaki pants. You do bring bring up a good point. If he's not at LSU, do I love him as much? If he's coaching at Michigan State or Rutgers or something like that, I'm not sure I do. It just fits that whole cage. Yeah. Style. But it, it doesn't matter. It is what it is, and that's the current He situation. fit at Ole Miss, so, too. He, he definitely fit right. at Ole Miss, but it's a perfect fit at that's LSU. Right. That's right. Well, speaking of Ole Miss, that brings me to my number one pick, and I've got the Lane train as well. Lane Kiffin, come oh. to the sip. I love that he trolls Saban. You know, I couldn't stand the guy at Tennessee. And maybe he was just young and – not that he's super mature now or anything, but there was just something about it. Maybe he hadn't gotten – he hadn't earned that respect quite yet. I didn't like his cocky swag quite so much. It, I don't know. It just didn't fit or work at Tennessee. I don't know – I don't really know why it works at Ole Miss, but it does. But, man, I, I pull hard for that guy. I hope to see Mississippi do some – do some big things in the SEC West, but golly, man, he's got an awful, awful tough division to to compete in year in, year out. It's tough. But number one, Lane Kiffin, love that guy. Go I ahead. mean, how how old was Lane when he was hired at Tennessee? Like 35? <laughs> That's crazy to think about it. Like, be so, like some of us coaching today. Yeah. 13 years ago. So he's wow. 46, I he think. 30, so he was 33. That's yeah. Maybe he was a year younger than me. Coaching at Tennessee in the SEC. He wasn't ready. I mean, yeah, he wasn't ready for it. That's just, you know, Tennessee, and they don't, I don't think they've made a great hire since Fulmer. It's just not good. That's right. Well, let's do a quick review here. Christian, coming in at number five, you had Mark Stoops. Number four, P.J. Fleck of Minnesota. Number three, Herm Edwards out of Arizona State. Number two, Scott Frost in Nebraska. Number one, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Colin, coming in at number five, you had Neil Brown of West Virginia. Number four, Mac Brown out of UNC Chapel Hill. Number three, P.J. Fleck. Number two, Lane Kiffin. And number one, Will Healy of UNC Charlotte. Brant coming in at number five, you had Luke Fickle in Cincinnati. Number four, Kyle Whittingham of Utah. Matt Campbell in the number three spot at Iowa State. Number two, Mike Leach at Mississippi State. And number one, you had Ed Orgeron at LSU. And coming in at number five for me, I had Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Number four, David Shaw of Stanford. Number three, P.J. Fleck of Minnesota. Number two, Ed Orgeron. And number one again, Lane Kiffin coming in at number one spot. Can I defend my list for just a second? Because I feel like I'm going to have to. So (laughs) the reason, again, a guy like Scott Frost is on that list, my list are guys that I'm actually pulling for. And I think I feel like that with you guys' list as well, is regardless of reputation or whatever. I mean, Will Healy, he still, I think, has something to prove. But like you said, he'll be coaching somewhere soon. I I, I pull for Scott Frost. I like the guy. I want to see him succeed. So that's why he's on there. And just want to give a shout-out to the UCF Golden Knights, Gus Malzahn. Name me a more interesting hire this year of somebody who went from, like, program to program who could potentially have some success. I think look out for the Malzahn versus Fickle matchup in that conference. That's going to be very interesting. So I'm excited about that, man. Shout-out to the Golden Knights. You know I got to show them love on this. I'm just shocked about Gus, how he's gone. You know, when he was at Auburn, I was like, this guy's going to be here for a long, long time. He's going to win a lot. Uh, I'm just shocked how it it ended up uh, turning out. What's that sweater vest at 
UCF going to look like in Orlando? He could be wearing a sweater in Orlando. Uh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's his thing now. It's true. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Dry fit. Hey, well, good times. That kind of concludes our three-part college football series. We're going to move on to Hot Takes Volume 3 next week. We've got episode 31, so we certainly hope you come back and join us. Thank you so much to everybody who is downloading, sharing, helping us out there on social media. We've got a big push out on Facebook, so join our group. Look for us, the Power 5 Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Be sure to share it out, like, download. Leave us an Apple Podcast review that helps us to uh to be found a little bit more easier and we'd certainly appreciate that so uh, on behalf of all the guys tonight we can't wait to do it again next week one more shout out to lane kiffin okay because he got the old miss rebels at 100 percent covid19 vaccination compliance let's give this guy a hand fauci he did it lane kiffin ladies and gentlemen can that's I make why a he's my number one can i make a motion real quick I think we all agree that Kevin Costner is our most desired pod guest. Lane yeah. Kiffin should be number two. He's think, up there now. Yeah. I think, I think by the way, Christian, you didn't, you didn't give me a good night, Kevin. I know. I was going to. I wanted to throw that in. Oh, Tell I me you. when. I got you. Sorry. This is live. Uh, but. Yeah, this is still live. I want that on the pod, so I'm not okay. going to say good night until we're ready. Okay. Do it live. Fair enough. Hey, I feel like Lane Kiffin's going to respond to – Brant's tweet next week. All I right. feel I, I feel like we're we're gonna we've given him so much love and, and Lane Kiffin is so interactive on on Twitter. I feel like he responds. Speak it out, speak it into existence. Lane as will respond to the tweet. Lane oh, totally, totally. He's gonna he's gonna respond to it. I mean, even he, though he's you know two weeks at that point and uh, before the season, he will definitely respond. Yeah, he's got time for that. I mean, that's what his assistant coaches are out there doing. That's They're right. coaching. That's he's right. tweeting. That's right. Say goodnight, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>